Hello, everyone. This is Michael Fanning, your host of Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. In this podcast, we'll tackle some of your toughest real estate questions. Each episode will provide you with detailed answers and proven solutions to some of the biggest challenges facing realtors today. Thank you for listening. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ask a Coach podcast brought to you by Windermere Coaching. I am Stevie Fanning, and I am going to be your host for this episode. And today we're discussing an alarming topic, something that's so incredibly important for real estate professionals to be attuned to. And in my opinion, something that we're just not talking about enough, and that's realtor safety. So today I'm actually really, really excited because I'm welcoming Brandy Chambers as our guest. Uh, She has worked in the real estate industry for 20 years and currently works out of the Windermere Kirkland office. She is such a bright light in this industry. Not only does she hold a number of designations, including certified residential specialist, negotiation expert, new home sales professional, and military relocation professional, Um, she's also a 10-time five-star professional award winner and a 2023 five-star legend featured in Fortune magazine. And this girl knows her stuff, very obviously, but even bigger than that, one of my favorite things about her is her huge heart. And she is works diligently in supporting local charities such as Saving Great Animals and the Meow Cat Rescue, and is also really passionate about raising awareness for Parkinson's disease. Um, having a mom who struggled with the disease for over 10 years, and she posts a lot about her involvement with the Michael J. Fox Foundation and the American Parkinson's Disease Association as well. So, Brandy, thank you so much for being here. We're thrilled to have you. Uh, thanks, Stevie. It's great to be here. I really appreciate the intro. Thank you. You bet. And a big reason why we have Brandy on our podcast today um, is because she has an incredibly inspiring story to tell. And I can see how passionate she is about spreading awareness helping educate real estate professionals on how to stay safe. And we all know that real estate agents face some incredibly unique risks in their day-to-day. And I don't think we talk enough about the importance of having a safety protocol and an emergency plan and the preparation that goes into that. So um, Brandy, I want to know if you are willing to first share your story with us. And then I know that you have some best practices and tips that you want to give to help other agents stay safe, and then also um, talk a little bit about kind of how, like some some tips on kind of protocol like we talked about. Yeah, absolutely happy to. And, um, you know, like everybody else, I used to see those sketches on the MLS and and read the updates about, okay, this person is impersonating a buyer, like beware. And, you know, I would read those and it, it kind of like, okay, you acknowledge it for a second and then it, it kind of goes away. And how am I supposed to remember if somebody like pulls up to a house, you know, what they look like, if they look like the sketch. So, you know, I've been aware that things happen, but it just probably like most people didn't really think anything was going to happen to me. And, um, I was working at an, in a new construction community It was in Bellevue off of kind of an alley, a little bit tucked away. And the project just started. We had a construction trailer there that was ran by generators. And that's where we were going to sell out of because we didn't have any um, homes yet to show. So um, I was 
setting up one day and it, we were only open on the weekends because during the week, the construction crews there, it was just too difficult with parking. So I'm on there on the weekends and by myself. So I'm, I set up all the signs in the neighborhood, always go inside, set myself up, my computer, all that good stuff. And then I put out my A board right outside of the trailer. So on this particular Sunday, I went outside to put my A board up and there was a man kind of standing around the corner of the trailer. And my first thought is like, oh, he's just waiting for me to open. So I actually tell him like, oh, you startled me. And he's like, oh, that's okay. Um, he's like, what's your name? And as I go to tell him my name, I kind of think, gosh, you know, he's kind of crunched, like hunched around this trailer a little bit odd. Is he really a buyer or maybe he works here and he forgot something and he's coming to get it from site. Like all that's kind of going through my head as I'm saying my name to him. And so after I say my name, I was like, do you work here? And he said, no, I'm here too. And then he said some, you know, pretty graphic things to me of what he wanted to do to me. And I was shocked. Like I was in one of those moments of like, did he really just say that? So my heart sank. I immediately told him you need to leave. And I turned around and I ran inside the trailer and I locked it. I'm standing there with my phone in my hand, kind of shaking, not really knowing like, okay, is this guy going to go away? Is he still here? Like, did that happen? And sure enough, he walks up the stairs to the trailer. And before I know it, he's standing in front of the glass door. So I'd already kind of prepped to call 911. So I just hit the button and he goes, are you calling on me? And I said, yes, you need to leave. Um, and I thought that would do it. I mean, if somebody's calling the cops on you, <laughs> wouldn't you leave a property? But I would think so. <laughs> yeah, he didn't leave. He continued to shake the door handle and demand that I let him in. And then he started walking around just looking for another way in. So the 911 operator answers and um, I'm never so grateful because I don't know, Stevie, if you've had this, but other women have told me we, we have these dreams where we're being attacked and for some reason we can't scream. Like we can't, our voice doesn't come out or we try to call 911, but we can't call 911. So that was the first thing is I just remember like the 911 operator answering and I'm like, oh, thank God, this isn't how my dreams are. Like, thank God I got through. <laughs> so she answers and she's, you know, I start telling her what happened and she asked me, what's your address? And I just paused. I was like, oh my God, I don't know the address here. Thankfully, technology is amazing. And she ended up realizing like, I probably didn't know and said, um, are you at and listed the, the community I was at? And I was like, yes, yes, that's where I'm at. So she was fantastic. Just talked me through everything. She could hear the man in the background kind of yelling at me every time he saw me and I wouldn't let him in. He, he just kept saying the same things he wants in so he could do certain things to me. And I'm just, I'm terrified. So I'm, I'm on the phone with her. She's telling me, try to stay away from the window so he doesn't see you, which is really hard. You don't have a lot of places to go into a trailer. And I am looking around like, what can I use if this man breaks in? And there's nothing. Oh, I don't even have a stapler in there. That's how new this site is. Like we had rolls of toilet paper. That's not going to help me. So I'm sitting there and I, it's like slow motion when something like that is happening to you. I remember thinking to myself, 
my dad is going to kill me. Like he always tells me, you know, carry mace and here's mace and have this. And I'm like, oh, dad, if somebody attacks me, it's going to happen so fast. I won't be able to reach in my purse and get mace. So I kind of brush it off saying like that's silly. And I'm like, and here I am sitting here for what seems like forever, not having anything on me to use in case this man comes in. So I don't know. I just, um, it, it was kind of eye-opening at that point. And, and the man, not that it matters size, but he was huge. He was really big guy. And I just remember thinking this lock isn't very, you know, strong. It's not a matter of if he gets in it's when, so, you know, I, 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 my voice is getting shaky. I'm, you know, starting to cry The I keep asking like, when is the, when are the cops going to be here? And she doesn't have an exact day. But I just keep telling myself, I'm in Bellevue. It's just a matter of time. Like just survive until the cops get here. That's all you have to do is buy time. So thankfully, of course, the cops did show up and, um, you know, I don't want to take time away from like us listing out some of the important things that I think you should do by going into the rest of the story. Let me just say it's a, it's a odd experience what happens next. And you kind of think like, Olivia Benson from Law and Order is going to show up and help you through it. It's not quite like that. So if anybody has ever been through an incident like this, um, you know, we'll share my info at the end. You're more than welcome to reach out because it's a very weird, isolating thing that happens. But the one thing that this taught me is I need to be more prepared. You know, there's nobody that's going to protect me like I am. I need to have some plans in place. Wow. So thank you, first of all, so much for sharing that story. I can't even imagine how terrifying that would be um, in that moment. And having come from a new construction background myself, you're right. It is very, um, especially in the evenings or after it's gotten dark, I mean, you are likely there alone and there's really nothing around you um, in order to be prepared for something like that to happen. So Wow. Thank you so much for sharing that and, and being vulnerable and kind of putting yourself out there. Um, so my next question to you then is having been through that experience, what is your advice, I guess, or, you know, best practices for other agents to keep themselves safe from something like that happening? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have a few things to share, kind of like what happened after the attack. And then I have some tips for like, any home that you're in, new construction properties that you're in, you know, what to do with online leads. So, you know, bear with me as I go through some of these, but I think it's so important. And Stevie, you were so right at the beginning of this. Like it just gave me a passion for wanting to talk with others because a lot of this stuff can be prevented. Or at least if we, if you're listening to this podcast and if, and you know, Hopefully not, but if something happens to you, even pulling one or two tips from this could really make a difference. So, um, you know, of course, after the attackers really uncomfortable doing open houses, I didn't really want to be around contractors. I didn't know I was frustrated because this guy cost me a job at a site. Like, of course the builder was so sweet and welcoming and I could go back there anytime, but I didn't want to go back. <laughs> So I, you know, I really had to reassess, like, what do I do? Because I had to work. And this was my job that I worked so hard at to build my business over the years. And I didn't want to be scared. And I 
you know, didn't want to be labeled a certain way either. I didn't want people not to invite me to sites. I didn't want sellers to be worried about me not doing opens. So I started small, um, you know, and just did what I was comfortable with. But the biggest thing I did was I, I hired somebody to be at open houses with me, you know, at source out. And then when I was comfortable going, I hired somebody and that actually is a practice that I use a lot to this day. Um, not only because it gave me comfort, but I actually think it's better for your business. Like I, the person I hired, you know, she would check people in and give them the rundown and um, maybe give them some basic information or where to park. You know, it, it also made the the open house process just more of a process and uh, more professional. And then of course I felt comfortable because I didn't really feel like anybody would try anything with another agent there. Um, you know, later as a listing agent, sometimes I'd have buyer's agents there and I would tell the buyer's agents, okay, you focus on the buyers who don't have agents and I'll focus on the buyers who do. Um, and, you know, sometimes even as two buyer brokers, I think it's helpful because even if you're slow, all it takes is you connecting with one person and the more one-on-one -on -one time you have with one, uh, person or a group, the more you learn about them, you know, the better chance you have to convert that lead. So don't be afraid to, you know, share your business and, and work together. Um, that I think was really helpful in me getting back into, into it. That's um, really great advice. I, I love that you said that because <clears throat> I think you're absolutely right. Not only can it be an impactful safety tool, but it's also um, makes open houses a lot more enjoyable, right? Um, and, and really it does give us the ability to connect with people, especially when there's multiple people going through the open house um, at the same time. So I love that you brought that up. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and the other thing that was hard for me is like, you know, when I was married, my husband at the time knew where I was all the time. You know, we talked multiple times a day, we find my friends, all that stuff. So, you know, not being married anymore, like that's been a little bit different because you do feel a little bit more vulnerable. And so what I've done is I'm on find my friends with most of my family. <laughs> and, um, you know, I do let people know if I'm doing an open or where I'm going to be, because I think that that's important too. So just really make sure you're sharing with somebody where you're at, I think if you don't feel comfortable with somebody, pretend to jump on the phone, pretend you get a phone call. I have done that before at the end of an open house where somebody's just like lurking and I do the call of like, oh, okay, you'll be here in a couple minutes. I'm closing up now. I'll be ready. You know, and then I can tell the person, I'm sorry, I've got to close up this house. Uh, I have another appointment to get to, you know, whatever excuse you need to do to get that person out and locked up go for it. You know, your safety is most important and you can always invite them to come back with their own broker, you know, or just not even leave that invitation open if they're really giving you a bad vibe. Um, I think that's so like, I love that because like that piece of advice in and of itself um, is so powerful, right? If you get a bad feeling, trust your gut. I think we mm -hmm. sometimes don't trust ourselves enough when something feels off and when we can't really put our finger on it. And it's so tempting in real estate, right? To want to work with anyone and everyone who will give us the business. Um, but I'm here to tell you that trust your gut, trust your instinct. If something doesn't feel right, it's probably not. Absolutely. That's the biggest 
natural tool that we have. And uh, just really listen. I second that. I think that's really great to bring up Stevie. So um, I, you know, just listing out some other things. If you can keep your car keys on you, keep your phone on you, um, keep the house key on you so you don't get locked out of the house. Um, now, not that men uh, don't have outfits without pockets, but a lot of times as females, we have outfits without pockets. So sometimes Real problem. <laughs> yes, it is. So sometimes that's a little bit difficult and you know, you, it, nothing's perfect. Right. So it's all about like just finding different situations. Like, okay, if you don't have anything on you, somebody's making you uncomfortable or coming at you, just remember those voice services that are available too. Like my phone is often at least out on the desk or something. So I could always holler at Siri to call the cops, you know, something like that. Um, because often Siri will listen to me and <laughs> do a, do a, uh, a command like that. So, um, let's see, I have on here, um, know something to slow them down. You know, I, I think just maybe taking a safety class. I knew that this man was so large that I couldn't overpower him, but I was just looking for anything. You know, somebody told me later, like, okay, there's usually a fire extinguisher in there. Like maybe you could spray them or hit them with that. But if you don't have anything on you, what are like, two, three moves, maybe, I mean, ever, there's so much information online, look it up online. Like how can you disengage somebody and get past them? So slowing them down, knowing your exit. If you have only one way in and out, like I did at the construction trailer, have something hidden somewhere that you can use against somebody. So you can, you know, even if you have to run to it, it's often a small space, you can get to it. Um, don't park in the driveway, which seems so crazy, but like laziness can cost us. Like if you park in the driveway, somebody can block you in, you know, they can park behind you. How often are you parked at an open house? And then everybody's parking behind you and you can't leave anyways until they leave. Don't put yourself in that position, you know, have the car close by, but maybe park around the corner or, or across the street or something where you have a getaway, like always have an out, um, there's just so many, but I'll go through a few more, especially for new construction. Bring portable Wi-Fi if you can for better service. Lock the homes up before dark, because um, often at a new construction site, you have several homes that you can show. So make sure to lock those up. Um, register buyers. I mean, sort of similar to what you said before, Stevie, about you know, kind of chasing um clients, it's like you set the tone for the process. Like if you especially are taking people from one house to another, you should know who they are. It's a safety thing for you, for your seller. It's, you know, it is a way of course to get in contact with them later, but they're, they're really hesitant about registering. Let them know you, it will be for safety purposes only. And and respect that. Respect what you tell them. Don't call and market them, but just make sure you at least have their information. Um, talk to somebody on the phone as you lock up. Like sometimes I'll do a phone call to somebody if I'm uncomfortable locking up. And that sounds weird, but there's so many times I'm locking up a home and a bedroom door is closed and I am like, oh my God, is there somebody on the other side of that door? <laughs> so sometimes just having somebody on the phone. So if you did scream or heard somebody, something, you know, then they could call, you know, um, and then especially for new construction, talk to your builder. Like when I was a newer agent, I was so scared to bring up any concerns because I didn't want to be replaced for somebody else. I didn't want them to say, oh, we'll just have a guy at site instead. Or, you know, you're a new broker. You need to earn your way. Like 
builders do care. They don't want to be on the news because there was an attack in their community. Like just talk with them and come up with a plan or some safety options. There's just a comfort in numbers. And, um, and it doesn't mean that you don't have to work, you know, after dark, sometimes that happens, especially with this recent time change, but just have a plan for if you do. Yeah. And I think I love that. So you brought up something that like, I wanted to touch on just really quick yeah. is um, you brought up like pre-qualifying the people that you work with and you specifically stated, you know, having people register at an open house, but I would challenge to say on the other side of that, when we're working, especially with buyers that we don't know, I think there's a huge opportunity there as well to make sure that we have a process in place. And typically that process, at least for me, um, in regards to safety is going to be that they meet me at my office first. Um, I don't typically meet anyone at a house the first time, especially when I don't know who they are. And we kind of fall into the trap of like wanting to do that, right? Buyers, hey, meet me at this house. I want to see it. I want to see it right now. And we do, we fall into the trap because we want to please them and we want the transaction to go well. And we hopefully want to make a sale, right? That's the ultimate goal. But I think when it comes to safety, if they're not willing to meet you at your office, I would say that's a huge red flag. Um, and so making that part of your process, I think can be really impactful. I love that. That's the best advice. And I agree if there's hesitation for a buyer to meet you, you know, other than um, your, you know, other than the house, like if you want to meet them at the office, they absolutely should. If they're hesitating, there's a reason why, but even for listing brokers, how often is listing brokers, does somebody just call us or text us in the middle of the night and say, I want to see your listing tomorrow. Okay. Well, number one, who are you? <laughs> you know? Um, so I, I don't even meet a, a sign call that way. I don't chase them that way. I find out, you know, I want their full information. Are they working with an agent? It's so like, their agent should be vouching for them. If they're, if they're out of town or something, that's no problem. I'm happy to help. But you also need to find out like, why are they calling you and why do you want, they want you to open the house. So, um, a meeting in person is a must. And I have that kind of on, on my online lead section. Um, so anybody you don't know meet in person now, Maybe there's a circumstance that they, you know, you, you can't meet in person yet, or they're coming into town, you know, they're, or they're, they're an out of town client who says, can you show me homes this weekend? Zoom is like one of the best things <laughs> to come out of COVID. And I know it was there before, but like the use of Zoom was so great. So at least do a face-to-face -face on Zoom, feel somebody out, get a copy of their photo ID this is actually easier than it sounds like people are scared of asking for information, but first of all, remember these people are buying million dollar homes and you know, this is a true process. Um, they're working with you as if they'd work with their lender, you know, so uh, asking for a copy of their ID. And a lot of times I will tell people I need that because I need to match your name on the ID on the contract. So, um, that's a really easy way to get it. I don't ever have any pushback for that. Um, but make sure you're, you are requesting these things. And again, you lead the process. So first, I always like to remind people, I always love to remind people when, you know, real estate agents have such a hard time asking a buyer or a seller to, you know, something like, I need to see your photo ID or take a copy of it. Um, people will give their photo ID, um, to the public pool to get a locker guys. So it's not that difficult. Um, <laughs> 
it's really not a scary conversation to have. And it's such an important thing when it comes to safety of knowing and understanding who these people are. And that's another way to pre-qualify too. It's, it's similar, you know, to some of the other stuff that we talked about in regards to if they hesitate or have an issue giving you um, their photo ID, I think I would say, you know what, I may not be the right realtor for you. Absolutely. And you know, don't be afraid to refer somebody to another broker. So, you know, yes, the market has shifted. Somebody needs money. They're really, you know, on that fence of like, gosh, I, I don't want to push them away if they're a legitimate client, but I don't feel great about this person. Then refer them. I have done that before. One, it helps you realize that they're actually a legitimate person who's buying a house or selling a house, or if they're, um, you know, just calling you to harass you somehow. So don't be afraid to refer them. Don't be afraid to block somebody. <laughs> I frequently block people. Any, any, yes. like, you know, we're so accessible. Everything's online. Like we're supposed to not only share like our business now, we need to share our personal life so people get to know us. So, you know, if you get any weird messages, phone calls, you know, spam, just block is such an empowering feature. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I think we all have to remember that when we receive phone calls and or text messages about transacting, whether it's a potential buyer or a potential seller, and we don't know who these people are, and we have no idea where they got our information. That's a huge red flag in and of itself. I don't know about you, but like, like free leads are not just um, like falling on my lap every day via a phone call or a text where it's like, where did you even find my information and why me, right? There's a million of us. And so those can be a red flag as well. Um, and so really, I think understanding when that happens, that you probably need to take a more cautious approach and really qualify um, these people before going out and meeting them in person for sure. Because we yeah. really do. We put ourselves out there. We put, you know, our um, photos out there, videos, our personal phone number. Um, and so we really are very vulnerable to attacks, even virtually. Yeah, it's so true. And, you know, it's just, um, once I stopped chasing leads too, or like worrying about that, like once I set the process, um, it, I actually became more successful and made more money that way because I had people that were spinning me in circles. So, um, it's so important just you know, to trust your gut, to walk somebody through a process when you don't know them, just be smart. Um, and maybe have an app, you know, uh, Stevie and I were kind of talking about safety apps out there, like Uber and Lyft. Like now you can share your ride with a friend, which I love. They get the information of who your driver is, where you're going to, when you get to where you are. So, you know, some safety apps, um, are really helpful as well. There is actually a lot of them out there. Um, I ran across an article from NAR recently that was um, a list of resources. And I'm going to tell you, I was really impressed by some of the things that I saw in there um, in regards to safety devices and also apps that, you know, have a ton of different capabilities from, you know, sharing your location, um, creating like one click alert buttons on your cell phone. Um, that can be done really discreetly if you need to call for emergency help, um, you know, sending your location to friends, um, having a check-in protocol where if you don't check in every so often on the app, then it automatically calls for emergency help. So this is a great list. I'm actually going to attach this list and also the tips from NAR. I think there's like 65 
realtor safety tips um, to the show notes. So you guys can take a look at those um, if you're listening as well. Those are great resources. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think, you know, check with your designated broker, your managing broker to see, you know, is there anything special that your office does? Um, I know mine follows the safety program that NAR puts out at nar.realtor forward slash safety. Um, they have some really interesting things, not only how to protect yourself, but how to protect your clients. Um, just be aware, you know, I'm, I'm in a house right now that has the lights on and, you know, so everybody on the outside can see me, but I can't see them. So I'm going to be cautious going to my car. I'm not going to talk on my phone as I'm going to my car. I'm going to have my key in the hands, my hands in a certain way. If somebody did come up to me, I'd be able to at least like scratch them with it. You know, again, just buying time, being smart, read through those tips, form a group within your office, you know, help each other. Uh, you won't feel guilty about asking one person for help if you do it for them too. So feel free to just buddy up that that is um, something that will bring you a lot of comfort. I love that. I love that. So I want to share really quick, like my takeaways from your story and from kind of the advice that you gave is um, to put some bullet points to this thing is first of all, trust your gut, right? If something feels off, it's off. I know you mentioned in your situation where, you know, he was standing kind of oddly um, by the door, your senses were already up and you really didn't maybe put your finger on why that was or why it felt off. But um, that being number one is trust your gut. And number two is being prepared. Um, you, you know, mentioned the fact that like you didn't have a way to protect yourself in knowing that this person was potentially um, going to be able to get inside and attack you. And so protecting ourselves, whether that's, you know, mace, I know a lot of, you know, real estate agents that carry weapons, um, legally, of course. Um, and so those kind of things can be really um, impactful in those situations, like you said. Um, and then the other things are um, knowing and understanding your surroundings, knowing the address of where you're going, sharing that with somebody, making sure you are not being a secret agent at an open house or something like that. And then just being cognizant of what we put out there um, to the universe on social channels and the internet and just being really, really aware that this could happen to anybody. And I think a lot of us kind of move about this career hearing it happen to other people, but never realizing that it could happen to us because maybe we live in a safe place or uh, maybe we think that we have um, the ability to defend ourselves, but the chances of you being able to do that when you're caught off guard and you're not prepared, um, some pretty dangerous things could happen. So those are my takeaways. I'm so thankful for you being here. Um, Aww, thanks, Jeannie. You bet. Yeah, I, I just want to piggyback one more thing off of what you said was, you know, there is a tip too about be careful what you're wearing and what you have on you. And if you have a purse on you, I know that when I do showings with a buyer, often I'll put my purse like in the trunk and I do have something that I'm wearing with pockets. So I'll have my key, my phone, um, business cards, of course, because we have to leave business cards. So, you know, just when you're fumbling around with a lot of things, it also makes you more, more vulnerable. So just, you know, less is more. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think Steve is going to be attaching a lot of great tips. Visit that NAR safety guideline. Again, I agree with her, have a plan, be smart, trust your gut, be in control of the process and don't be afraid to voice your concerns. 
I love that. All good stuff. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And Brandy, thank you so much for putting yourself out there and sharing that story with everyone. I think, you know, there's probably more of us that have experienced those types of things and maybe don't find the courage to talk about it. So I really appreciate that. And for everyone listening, um, we always like to end these podcasts by saying, if you like and find value in what we're doing and the content that we're making, please share our podcast and give us a rating that helps us reach more people that might benefit from what we're doing. So, and also if there are topics that you'd like us to cover, um, please let us know. You can reach us via our website. It's www.windermerecoaching.com. And otherwise, everyone go out and do good. Thanks so much. Thank you. just want to thank you for listening to Ask a Coach, the Windermere podcast. If you found our content helpful, please feel free to share it. And we always end our podcast by saying, be awesome and help somebody and make it a great day.